I want to start off with something that I read that when in the early morning of the hours, as a matter of fact, even this morning, I, I went to bed and got up at 1.30, stayed up. I mean, it was just ridiculous. H- had a hard time sleeping last night. But I want to say this to you, and this is not something I wrote, but this is something that I've read. And I want to share it with you today because it goes along with where I'm headed. This is the beginning of a new day. Say, this is a new day. Aren't you glad it's a new day? This is the beginning of a new day. You have been given this day to use as you will. Use it exactly the way you want to. You can waste it or use it for good. What you do today is important because you're exchanging a day of your life for it. When tomorrow comes, this day will be gone forever. In its place is something that you have left behind. Let it be something good. I don't think people live by that. I want to leave something good. And if God has done something good for me, then I am under, I have an obligation and a personal responsibility to share that, what God has done. I need to show forth the goodness of God. These stones need to speak. What do you mean? If God has done something good for you in your yesterday, never fail to remember him in your tomorrow. Let me say it again. If God has, let me just say, has has God done anything in your yesterdays? Then don't forget him in your tomorrow. If he's done something good for you in your yesterday, never fail to remember him in your tomorrow. We have to be stones that speak. We have to be stones that speak. What do you mean by that, Bishop? Can you give me a scriptural reference? I'll be glad to. 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter, the second chapter, verse 4. The Bible says, To whom coming as unto a living stone. He's speaking of Jesus Christ. He came as a living stone. Disallowed indeed of men. Yes, he was disallowed. And they're still trying to disallow Jesus Christ. But chosen of God and precious. Now watch this. You also are lively stones. What is he saying? You are a living stone. You are. You're a stone that has to speak. You're a stone that has to glorify God. You're a stone that has to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. You are a lively, lively stone, a living stone, and you're built up a spiritual house. This house is built up with living stones. Had someone say to me, I was visiting with someone talking about church, said they didn't really need to have to go to church. I said, well, let me just say this. You are the church. The church is not a building. You are the house. You're the spiritual house. The reason we have places of worship like this is so that other people can come. Young families can come. Older people can come. And everybody can be refreshed with the word of God and have the fellowship that's necessary for growth. How many people know you have to have fellowship for growth? So we are all lively stones, living stones, holy and acceptable unto God, which is by Jesus Christ. We must be stones that testify about the goodness of the Lord. Now next week when I minister on the game phase, you're going to see all this coming into play. 
We must be stones that testify about the goodness of the Lord. Stones that declare, declare the kingdom of God is not only at hand. I hear people saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is not only at hand, it is in our midst. It's here right now. Why is it so important for us to be lively stones? Because most of us are dead and stoned. Do you mean that, Bishop? Absolutely. We've gotten, we've gotten with no life. We have no joy. We have no uh, p- peace in us. My son read the, the fruits of the Spirit. Very few Christians have that. As a matter of fact, I preach a whole message on that, and I will at some time in the future. But you have to understand it. You, you can get the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit, th- that's a good thing. But you have to die to self to get the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness. Now, all those things are very difficult. Why must we be living stones? Because that which we fail to declare will slowly die. You have to declare it on a daily basis. If you love somebody, you need to tell them on a daily basis that you love them. You need to be thankful for people that are around about. If you're thankful for them, what does it hurt you to say, I'm thankful for you? What does it hurt you? It may be the last time you ever see them on this planet Earth. I mean, last week, Blake, uh, Lake Price was here in service. I believe Lake was here last week. I know Bobby. Lake passed away. He came to a Tuesday morning prayer meeting, and then Lake passed away that afternoon. Pastor Mike will be doing his funeral at David Strumpf, David Strumpf on the, uh, on the uh, East-West Connector tomorrow at 2 o'clock. So why am I saying the things I say? Because you never know when you'll have an opportunity again to say, I love you. I appreciate you. You say, but I don't. If they are your brother and sister, I believe we have a responsibility to tell them how we feel. I believe that with all my heart. So if we don't declare it, it slowly dies, Floyd. If we don't talk about the miracle working power of Jesus, it slowly dies. Not the power of Jesus, but our, our, our relationship with that miracle. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? Our relationship with that miracle slowly dies because we're not declaring it. I declare that God's power is here. I declare that his miracle working power is in our midst. I declare that his saving grace is here. His ability to deliver. I declare it. Say, well, why is it so important? Because a truth, a truth that is not revealed cannot be occupied. A truth that is not revealed cannot be occupied or enjoyed. Let me give you an illustration. Let's say you're you're starving for water. You're famished for water. Let's say you come and we meet in a desert place and you're famished for water. You can hardly make it. And I'm standing there saying, look, I know there's an oasis 300 yards away right around this hill. But if you don't know that truth, you may stay right there where you are, give up the ghost and die right there, even though the truth is the oasis is 300 yards away. So you see, you have to reveal a truth before someone can enjoy that truth. That's why church is so important. That's why coming together like this is important. Because I reveal a truth, or the other leaders here in this church reveal truths. Your friends reveal truths. And 
it, then it's up to you to do with it what you want. You can say, well, the water's 300 yards away. I don't believe it, so I'm going to sit right here. I almost said something bad, didn't I? I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm just a man. I'm going to sit right here and let the water come to me. The water's not going to come to you. The truth is it's 300 yards away around that hill. And let me tell you something. God is saying to someone here today that that which you've desired is, short, is, is a short distance away from you. And yet you have chosen not to approach it. You've chosen not to go toward it because you can't see it. And I'm going to tell you many times God has a miracle and a promise for you. You may not see it, but it's right around the corner and all you got to do is take hold of it. Am I telling the truth? Absolutely. Yes, Told someone this week I would stop preaching the gospel if it wasn't true. Amen. If this was not real, if it was not true, I wouldn't preach it. Why would I do that? It'd make no sense to me. But let's hear from the Lord. We're talking about stones. We're talking about testifying. We're talking about giving the truths. Let's talk about it out of Exodus 13, verse 2. Now, don't get bored with me today about reading scriptures because this is a church, isn't it? I know that we're all into this new self-awareness thing where we try to teach just what makes people feel good. But what makes me feel good is the truth of the word. So Exodus 13, 2, let's just see what, what the Lord would say. He's saying, and he doesn't change. He says, sanctify unto me all the firstborn. Whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. He's saying, whatever's first is mine. That's the tithe. It belongs to me. And Moses said unto the people, watch these words, remember this day. He's testifying. There's a reason for this. Remember this day in which he came out of Egypt. God brought you out of a terrible situation, out of a land of slavery. Remember this day in which he came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by the strength of the hand of the Lord brought you out of this place. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. He's saying this is, you should not eat leavened bread for so many days to, to recognize this day. Let's jump down to Exodus 13 verse 7. Unleavened bread shall not be eaten seven days. And there shall be no leavened bread be seen. You don't even see it. Be seen with you. Neither shall there be leaven seen with thee in all thy quarters, not even in your house. And thou shalt show, watch this, this is so key, Floyd. And it goes with this message so perfectly. And thou shalt show thy son, which means you shall show your children. You shall show your son or your children in that day saying, this is done. Why no unleavened bread? This is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came out of Egypt. Are you seeing this? That's how important it is to the Lord that you testify. Yes, tell your children, remember when I needed that job and that job didn't seem like it was going to come, but yet we got exactly what God asked us to do. You need to remind your children of that, of how you got that raise when it didn't seem like you was going to get that raise. Let me tell you how important it is, Ariel. You cannot get anything else from the Lord if you don't thank him for what he did for you in your yesterdays. That's just the truth. How many of you would like to be a blessing to somebody if they never thanked you? And all the things you've done for them, they never thanked you. 
And let me tell you something, I've lived that firsthand myself. I've ministered this gospel for more years than most, most people have been alive. I know I don't look that old, but I am. But truth is an important thing. It brings life. I'm going to carry on because I want you to get to the real meat of this. Because you have to understand the Lord wants us to remember when we came out of bondage. How many of you were in bondage? Can we just be honest? We're in church. I was in bondage at one time. And sometimes I try to walk back into it because of stupidity. Right, Brother Damanji? I try, it's through my own ignorance, I'll try to step back into bondage. Amen. But the testimony, the stone speaking reminds me that I was not born to be in bondage. I was born to be free. Oh man, I feel God in here today. I feel the spirit of the Lord in here today. And somebody's going to get that promise. You're going to walk in it. You're going to live in it. You're going to experience it. You're going to relish in it. You, and then you're going to stand up and say, oh, look, can I share what me and you talked about? You probably don't even remember what we talked about. But the last service of this month, I don't know the exact date of that right now. I'll let Ariel look it up for me. But this is something we're going to do. It's what? 27th of February. And I want you to hear me. On that day. That day is going to be a day where the stones speak. That's a day, Floyd, get ready. We're going to let you speak on some things. Some of you that have had some God intervention in your life, you're going to share it with the church. Stones have got to learn to speak. If not, we'll be silenced. So get ready for it. Go ahead, I'm telling you now, prepare. Yeah, it's called Celebration Sunday. We're going to celebrate what God has done. It's just the same in this series. You're going to see more and more of that as we go on in, in, through time. Because somewhere the church has got to be the living stones. The peculiar people. Those that are set apart, the ecclesia. You see, this, spirit, this series speaks of thankfulness. This series speaks of remembering all the things that the Lord has done. For you and for your family. Not only does the Lord want you to remember, but he wants you to make a clear sound, something that's distinguishable. You can distinguish it. A clear sound to all you come into contact with that he has, he is the one that delivered you, Scott. He's the one that delivered you, Linda. He's the one that sets you free. That is imperative. It is he Jesus, it is he who opened the door that was shut to you. How many of you had doors shut to you that God opened? Think about that one. It is he who healed you when you had even lost hope. It is he that stood as your rear guard protecting you. I'm testifying for you today. It is he that never sleeps nor slumber that kept you in your darkest hour when everybody else is asleep and you're going through literal hell in your life. It is he that steps up and say, I bring comfort to you and peace to you and love to you and joy to you. It is he. It is God. When I woke up this morning, I could not go back to sleep. So all I did was say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Brother Kenny was awakened this morning praying for me. See, we're connected here in, in, at this church. 
And if you don't think I love you, you have made a big mistake. You don't think I think of you? I do. Elijah, I thought about you in the last few days. And here you came walking in. I thought, my goodness, there's Elijah. I think about these things. God has been too good to us. You know how many churches has come out of this place that are now functioning and doing great? We forget to testify about that. See, it's not only good for us to remember, but we must testify of his goodness toward us. What we read in Exodus just a moment ago is a clear reminder, a clear reminder that God wants his children to remember what he has done for them from generation to generation. He doesn't want you to forget. He wants your children's 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 children remember that pappy trout that God helped him one day. Because one day you'll be a pappy. They want you to know that, that <laughs> pappy Schumacher there, what God did for him and, and mama Schumacher, what God did for you. I'm taking my time here today because some of you, God has done some marvelous things for you. Christian, he's never failed us. Never. That's why when we pray for your granddaughter, I knew God would hear us. It may not have happened the way we wanted it to happen, but there's a reason why those things happen. You know what I mean? There's a reason. I can't define it. I don't try to define God. And anybody that says they can define him, don't listen to them. Turn them off because they can't define God. All I can say about God is he is love. <laughs> That's what he is. But in all these reminders from generation to generation, in these reminders that it's those reminders, Floyd, that's why we have to have a celebration Sunday. It's in those reminders that generates faith. That's what makes Alan Meshagan say, I believe I can do that. If God could do that for Crystal, God could do that for me. God did that for James. God could do that for me. God did that for Randy. God could do that for me. If God did that for, for Tiffany... God could do that for me. God, help me. Say this to me. If God did it for them, he could do it for him and her. I know what I'm saying. I don't make no mistakes. One thing I don't do behind this pulpit, I don't speak on my own heart. I speak for what the Lord is saying. You can take that to the bank. But look at this, what God says. Now, you may get a little bored with me reading here, but don't. <clears throat> Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. That's in the front of the book. Blow the dust off of it and find it. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 8, verse 1, it says, Be careful to follow after every command. I'm reading from the New International Version. I am giving you today, so I'm giving you a command, so that you may live and increase. Now, you want to know how to live and increase. Here it is. Command, I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord and God promised on an oath to your forefathers. He's saying this is the way you do it. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way into the desert these 40 years? He's reminding him. 
to humble you, to test you in order to know what was in your heart. Now, this right here is a whole sermon, son, right there. In order to know what was in your heart. You wonder why God may allow this to happen in my life. He wanted to see what was in your heart. And not only him see it, he wanted you to see it. One of the things in this, in this life we're going to have to deal with, and I'm not going to deal with it today, is things we, we, we really want to walk with God. We want to be living stones, but we don't even know how to forgive people. I believe every sermon I need to mention this. We have forgotten forgiveness. We've forgotten how to forgive. I heard someone the other day tell me how bad someone is and called them a couple of names and all that. And I reminded them, I said, now, uh, how about all the years I've had to put up with your mess? I put it right back in their face. I said, how many years I had to put up with your mess and now you're going to talk about them? Uh, they may have a problem, but you got one too, baby. We all got a closet. We all have a past. If you don't have a past, you haven't lived. Am I right? You've not lived. But it's not for me to uncover that. It's for God to cover and for me to go forward. Okay, let's go back to this. He said, I want to know what's in your heart. And God humbled you, causing you to hunger and feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known and had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's his word that brings the manna. Your clothes didn't wear out. I'm going to paraphrase just so for sake of time. Your clothes did not wear out these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in his way and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. See, this is all about remembrance here. I know exactly what I'm saying. And he wants you to remember it so you can testify of it. Remember the good land, a land with streams and pools of waters, with springs flowing in the valleys and the hills, a land with wheat, barley, vines, and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. I like honey, don't you? A land where bread will not be scarce. And you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. And when you've eaten and are satisfied, after you've eaten and satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. That means I'm going to testify of it. Look what God has done for me. <clears throat> then he goes in verse 11. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. And how do you keep from forgetting, Crystal? You constantly testify of his goodness. I mean, you hear me around my house. You wonder, who's he talking to? I'll just walk around and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm by myself. Nobody's listening to me. I'm not preaching to nobody. I just say, thank you, Jesus. I get out of the bed. Part of me gets out of the bed. and Some stays in. I try to pull it out, you know. Has anybody ever felt that way? You're so old. But I thank God that I can still get up. I thank God that I can still make it through. I thank God that he's allowed me to stand here behind this position. I've ministered this gospel with being ordained for over 50 years. That doesn't count the years before that. So when you say, is he a novice? I'm not a novice. I understand the word of God. Oh, I've not mastered it because nobody can master it. 
Because the word of God is living. It goes on and on and on. No, I don't have time to talk about that. It's a living word, not a dead word. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. To observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, if you don't do it, when you eat and are satisfied and when you build fine houses and settle down, and that's a problem we have right now. We've built fine houses and we've settled down because God has been good to us. When you build fine houses and settle down and when your herds and flocks grow large, your silver and gold increase and you have multiplied, then your heart will become proud. And you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. That's why I testify. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land. And with his venomous snakes and scorpions, he brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known. To humble and to test you so that in the end, so in the end, see God always looks at the end. So at the end, the end it will go well with you. See, God is always looking at your end, not your beginning. Now watch this verse. This is key. Verse 17. You may say to yourself, this is applicable to today. You may say to yourself, my power and my strength, the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. Are you hearing what God's saying? I did it. Have you heard people get up and say it? I built this church. No, you didn't. I built this ministry. No, you didn't. God did it. I take no credit other than I just, I was his vessel. And after he says that, that I've produced this wealth for me, he said, but remember, (laughs) but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as is, as it is today. Ver, last verse I'll read. If you forever forget the Lord your God and follow after other gods and worship and bow down to them, and there are other demigods. Matter of fact, you look at the scriptures, that God's spelt in a little g. You never reference God with a little g. It's always a capital G. People will bow down to other gods, and most of them are just demonic. Matter of fact, most people worship sports stars. They worship actresses and actors. And you know what? The biggest fallacy in the world is worshiping an actor or an actress because all they do is fake. Their whole life is fake. What do you mean? They're on a movie. You think that's for real? It's their job. It's not fake. They're living, they're, they're, it's a charade. What's the English say? A charade. A charade. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today. Who's doing the testifying now? Huh? What? If you don't testify of his goodness, what does God do? He testifies against you. Oh, my Lord, that you do not want. I can handle anybody coming against me. Anybody. My family can come against me. I can deal with it. You can come against me. I can deal with it. But when God testifies against me, I got a problem. I have a real problem with that. 
I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Why? Because you've forgotten God. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Why, Bishop, did you even read these scriptures today? Don't you understand we're modern? Don't you understand where we are? Don't you know we live in a now generation in 150 words or less? That's the problem. We live in 150 words or less. Why did you even read these scriptures today? They seem so archaic. It's a waste of time. You have precious time. Why would you even read scriptures? And I will say to you, why do you even want life? Because the Bible teaches expressly this is where life is. Why? Because even these scriptures testify. Watch this. Even these scriptures I've read today testify of God's ability to save and deliver. In these scriptures, we see the true nature of our Father. So you want to know the true nature? Read it. See, I don't read stuff like that. You need to. I didn't just pick those verses out. God showed them to me. The Lord himself led me to these. Because I was going to minister in a different way, which next week I will on game phase. Which I don't have that message, but I will. Guaranteed. I'm going to use Christian Daniel as my illustration. <laughs> I wonder why did David, the psalmist, why did he even write what I'm about to read? It makes no sense. Psalms 142 verse 1 in NIV. I cried aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. Can anybody help me here? Why did David even say that? He was going through a difficult time. Things were not going well for David. So let me show you what he did. He's teaching us a principle here. I cried to the Lord. I lifted my voice. The Lord have mercy. I poured out my complaint before him. Before, before him, I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is he who knows my way. In the path where I walk, men have hidden a snare for me. Look to my right and see no one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to you, O Lord. I say you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Why did David write this? David was in trouble. So he was rehearsing in his heart the things God had done for him. He was testifying to himself. He knew that if he could just remember that God brought him out, then he could garner the strength and the faith for him to do it again. That's why I said I went out before Goliath. He said, I fought the lion and I fought the bear and God brought me through. See, he was testifying in his own heart. What are you trying to say, Bishop? I'm almost ready to close. We have to leave. If Alan Meshagan lives this whole life, if I live this whole life and don't leave a testimony, I am of all people most miserable that I can't leave a testimony, Cindy. One of them is if you can't leave a successor, you're a failure. If there's no successor to what you're doing, you're a failure. And I don't care what business you're in. If you don't have a successor, you have failed because it dies with you. We have to leave a testimony so someone can see and develop the same faith that brought you to victory. It's all about developing that faith. 
testify. Testify. I'm going to give you some definition. Testify. To give testimony in a legal case before a deliberative body. That's one definition. Another, to express or declare a strong belief, especially to make a declaration of faith. Now, this is the one I really like. And this is the one I think is applicable to the church. Not that the others are, but listen to this. To make a statement based on personal knowledge in support of an asserted fact, you bear witness. That means you've been there, done that. You've got the t-shirt. You've walked in faith and not by sight. You've gone through hell and come out of it. You've got to your promised land and you can testify about it. You've got to leave a testimony. Brother Perez should have died months ago. But you've got a testimony. He's sitting right here today. He's a living testimony that God is more than able to keep you. I'll end with this. Habakkuk 2.1. I may mention this next week because I want to end with this. I didn't put this online. I don't believe I read this online today. Habakkuk 2 verse 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon a tower. And I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he, that, that he may run that readeth it. What is he saying? Whatever your vision is for life and your testimony, Make it plain so I can run with your testimony. I've run with Floyd's testimony all over the place. She was healed of stage four lymphoma. Raise your hands. Is it true or not? She'll talk about that next, the 27th. I mean, you don't know the times I've heard uh, they've rushed Sister Schumacher to the hospital, Brother John to the hospital. And I just said very calmly, God, (laughs) you know them. Take care of them. What I'm trying to tell you is if I testify within myself, sometimes you've got to testify to you. Sometimes you've got to look in the mirror and say, now, stupid, wake up. I've done that to myself. You are, what are you doing? Have you ever done that before? What in the world are you doing? What are you thinking? The problem is, I wasn't thinking. But when I testify the goodness of the Lord, things change in my life. That's why you can't say, well, God gave, helped me. Listen, if God never did anything else for you, Crystal, I'll preach on her, to her for money. He's already done way too much. Because it's not God's, it wasn't God's plan for you to change your mind over and over again. I can speak to her, she's my daughter. You understand what I'm saying? It's not God's problem that I change my mind, Ariel. I keep changing my mind. God's saying, son, you're changing your mind. I didn't change mine. And that's not a downer for anybody because we all do it. I do it. Now, we're in the closing moments of this service today. And I'm going to pray for you that God helps you see how important you are to the kingdom of God, Damon, how important you are. 
You see your father that's standing around the throne of God right now. Old brother Daniels. He probably wouldn't like me to call him old brother Daniels. Standing around the throne of God. If he had not been a living stone, you would not be sitting here today. Know what I'm talking about, Pat? I've known Floyd Harris before she was Floyd Harris. I knew her when she was a little girl. I was her Sunday school teacher. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have to be a living stone. The reason Scott Jackson's sitting there today is because I was a living stone one day. When my band traveled around and played all the places, Scott was one of the young men that heard me. Christian Daniel sitting there also because I was a living stone. Amen. We can go around this room. Now I'm wondering how many of you have been living stones and how many people have come to life because of you. Well, I don't know who to start with. Start with your little daughter. That's who you start with. And then spread out from there. Your family. Your friends. Your co-workers. I wrote on Facebook the other day a scripture that I live by. I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his feet seat, seat out begging bread. I've preached that my whole life, even when I was young. Why? Because he has never failed me. I fasted the other day because I was going through some troublesome times and I just fasted. And the Lord gave me an answer to something that I'm going to do. He just answers because I took the time to listen. I took the time to say, God, you've never failed me. You've always heard me. You've always answered me. 